0: What I would want you to know this morning is that God is a loving God. He is so loving that he was willing to undergo pain himself so that the world could be changed. The killing of his son was a painful experience for God. Jesus didn't want to go through the the beating and the hanging, but he did because he knew that it was going to get you to the place where you could experience fullness of life because you had the grace of God. God is still not a God who cuts corners, and so sometimes he does chisel so that we can become. Sometimes he does allow some moving of things in our life, not so that we'll experience pain, even though sometimes it hurts. But like any good father, he allows us to experience pain for a moment so that we can experience life forever. And so this morning, I don't know what your season of life is right now. Hopefully, it's a good one. Hopefully, you're feeling really good about life. But for a lot of us this morning, I think there's probably some places where God is chiseling in your life. And right now it feels like pain. It almost feels like he stepped away. It almost feels like he's removed himself from your life. But I want you to know this morning, no matter how you come in here, that God is still working. He is still changing. He is still doing miracles on people's behalf. But sometimes the pain lasts for a moment. Have you ever been in a situation in life, and maybe some of you are there right now, where you literally think, I just can't do this. I'm just too young. I'm just too old. I'm just too poor. I'm just too in pain. I'm just too insecure. I can't do this. Have you ever had those times where you you look at God and you think, God, I think you sent this assignment to the wrong person. Like, I, I, know, I know you're, you're big and, and, and I think that most of the time I believe that, but I think this one you got a little wrong. No matter how long you've lived, if you're honest, you've been in that situation. If you're breathing and you have a pulse, you've been in that situation. One of those situations for me where I thought, I just can't do this was early on in, Melissa and I's marriage. We had just gotten married. It was the first church that we were serving at. We had both been in Charleston. She was born and raised there. I had been there for the last four or five years doing college. I know. I liked it so much I stayed an extra year. But fresh off the honeymoon, God saw fit to move us to Norway, South Carolina, Population, 800. Walmart, 35 minutes away. Any decent restaurant, 45 minutes away. And I literally remember, and then on top of that, I was a children and youth pastor. If you know me, (laughs) but I remember holding my new wife's hands at night, both of us crying, her more so than me, but both of us crying and me literally thinking, God, I can't do this this isn't what I signed up for. You've called me to something that there's no way that I'm gonna be able to complete it. I'm just, I, I'm just too far out of my comfort zone. And then the other time that I can think of right off was when our little boy was born. He was born premature. We spent several weeks in, in the NICU with him and literally God did so much in me during that time but I remember getting him home him laying on the on the changing table. He was sick a lot. He was still barely eating at that point. They were they were still monitoring every morsel of milk that he could get down. And I remember looking at that little boy, crying his eyes out, me as tired as I could possibly be, and me looking at him and thinking, I can't do this. I have no clue what I'm doing. I can't, I can't do this. And there's those times in our life where we, we get overwhelmed. It's either by the season of life we're in or the call that we think God has asked us to complete or the thing that we think he's asked us to do. And we get to the point where we say, I just, I just can't do this. I'm just not equipped for this. But what I want you to know this morning and, and what I really hope that you can hear through everything that's happened this morning is that you can't, but God can. Whatever it is, the the trouble you're in, the thing that you did, and yes, you did wrong, it was your fault, you should be in trouble. God still can do something in you that's bigger than the circumstances that are outside of you. The season that you're in where you're barely hanging on, you barely have any sense left because they keep doing that over and over again to you or you're in that place where you're sick and the doctor has said, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we can do. We're going to give this a shot but I don't know if it's going to happen. I want you to know this morning that yes, you can't but God can. We serve a big, miracle-working God. And yes, it may hurt in the moment. But like any good sculptor, we have, he has to chisel away the extra so that you can receive the fullness of who you were meant to be. And that's what he's doing in those times. But the tendency for us, especially in today's culture, is to feel pain and to want to step outside of it. And I, I feel it. I, I feel the pain. And so I just want to abandon it. But don't abandon him. He's sculpting something. He's doing something. And it's more than what you can see right away. He was bringing Melissa and I to a place where we would be able to stick together. We'd be able to talk about anything. It was only us out there in the middle of nowhere. And it brought us closer together. He was bringing me to a place with, 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 with Riley where I had to fully rely on him because there's literally nothing that I can do about this little baby. And so it's changed me. It's changed the way I face today because of what he was willing to let me go through then. So when you think I can't do this, know that your God can. I... Uh, I had intended today to preach the first message in a series, and we'll pick it up next week, called I Know But I'm Scared. I Know But I'm Scared. Basically, there's these times in our lives where we can know something, and we can know something about God, or we can know how we're, gonna, how we're supposed to feel in this moment, but we can still be scared. We can know the right answer. We can have the right ideas, but when you, when life gets the best of you. You know things, but you are still scared out of your wits. And so I want to kind of talk about the first part of of this series, but we're definitely going to pick it up next week um, by talking about the insecurities that we face and how God can use those as as we go through life. But today I want to talk from the subject of I'm just too. I'm just too weak. I'm just too far gone. I'm just too young. I'm just too old. I'm just too whatever. And how you can't, but God can. I want to I talk about Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet. A prophet in the Old Testament was someone who would speak on behalf of God, literally speak the words of God to the people. Jeremiah is the prophet in the Old Testament that we know the most about. And his assignment was really, really important. In context, you have to understand that Jeremiah's assignment was really, really important, but it also seemed impossible. He had to get to the point where he said, I can't do this because he had to speak the words of God and literally tell. His people, you have to repent. You have turned to some bad things. You're worshiping idols. And he had to tell them, listen, you've got to turn back to your God. So Jeremiah was in an overwhelmed situation. We're going to find out that he was 17 to 20 years old when God calls him. Imagine a 17-year-old having to go to these people and say, listen, you've got to repent or you're in trouble. Jeremiah's assignment was big, and he had to get to the point where he thought, I can't do this so let's let's dive in just a little bit and let's pick it up in in verse four at the very beginning of the book God calls Jeremiah and this is what it says in Jeremiah chapter one verse four Jeremiah writes the Lord gave me this message the Lord gave me this message and why why am I going to stop right there? I'm going to stop right there because that word for message, if you take it back to the original Hebrew, doesn't just mean that God spoke something to Jeremiah. It's not as simple as, as God telling Jeremiah what he's about to tell him, but the, 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 the Hebrew for that word, it would have been an all-encompassing phrase. So in other words, it wasn't, wouldn't just meant that God spoke to Jeremiah but it would have encompassed his feelings, his actions, his purpose, his idea. Jeremiah didn't just hear God, but Jeremiah at this point, at the beginning of his calling into something that seemed impossible, doesn't just hear God, but he has a personal experience with God. And the reason why I say that today is because for some of you, you feel overwhelmed by the season of life you're in or by what God's asked you to do, or you feel overwhelmed with the circumstances surrounding you. And one of the reasons why you feel overwhelmed is because God wants to give you a personal encounter with him. And some of us have never had that. And so when life does put pressure on you and you don't know which way to turn, you, you have no clue about where to go, and so you start believing lies about yourself. You start believing lies about God. You think there's no hope, and it's because you've never had a personal encounter with, encounter with God. Today's culture, it's, it's really popular to be spiritual, right? Or it's very common for us to have an energy or for karma to get the best of you. And so I think what happens is for a lot of us when, when life puts pressure on us because we've never personally experienced the living God, we can't recall a time where we've had an experience with him so that we can trust in him. And so we get so confused in spirituality and in, in all of this other stuff, the big guy upstairs, but yet we still haven't had an impersonal encounter with God. That's one of the things that God was doing for you this morning during that song is he was saying, I'm going to give you a personal encounter with me. And I would encourage you, if you've never had a personal encounter with God, not just that you haven't heard God, but you've, you've never felt his love, you've never felt his grace, you've never felt his embrace when nobody else is in the room. If you've never had a personal encounter with God, I would encourage you to beg him to give you a personal encounter with him. Because when life hits, when it gets hard, when you don't know what the baby's going to do, you don't know when they're going to get sick again, you don't know how it's going to turn out with your parents, you don't know how it's going to turn out with the diagnosis, you need a moment with the personal God to go back on and say, I know, I know that I know that I know that I know that he is real and he is good. And I don't say that to make you feel bad if you've never had that. I say that to encourage you to ask him and he will show up in the midst of wherever you are. There's people in the room this morning and that's what I love about our church and you've never had a personal encounter with God and you're not even sure there is a God. Bold ask. Maybe when you get home this afternoon, you say, God, if you're real, show me. If you're real, let me experience you. Let me have a personal interaction with you. And that's what, that's, what, that's what Jeremiah does. He feels the presence and hears the words and knows the heart of a very personal God. Jeremiah was actually raised in a godly home, but he still had to have a personal encounter with God for the, for the thing that he was about to go through. For some of you, your, your parents went to church. They raised you in church. They tried to raise you in church. And so every time something happens, you try to borrow off of their faith. And you try to go back to those times where, well, I, I, I kind of remember being in church. I kind of remember dad's mom saying this. I kind of remember, you need to have a personal encounter with God. Because you need a time to go back to one day and say, yes, God spoke to me. I know that he's here. I can't, but he can. So God continues to speak to Jeremiah in verse five. God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations." So before God gives this assignment to Jeremiah, before he puts him in a situation that he is not going to be able to do by himself and on his own power, God tries to instill some confidence in him by saying, you know what, even before you were born, I knew you. I had my eye on you a long, long time ago, Jeremiah. And for some of you, this is the freeing thing this morning. This is the freeing thing. Your circumstance, your situation did not catch God by surprise. He had his eye on you a long, long time ago. He saw this coming. He saw it coming. It didn't take him by surprise. He had his eye on you a long time ago, and he put things in you, and he put people around you so that you would be prepared for right now. You can't, but he can He knew you before you were ever born. You weren't a mistake. Your DNA, the things that make you you, the personality you have, even if it annoys your wife, he didn't make a mistake. Before you were in your mother's womb, before you were a twinkle in your father's eye, God knew you and he handcrafted you. Why in the world would he leave you now? Why would he pull out of your life right now when he's been there before anyone knew your name? Jeremiah was known by God long before he got his tough assignment. God knows what he put in Jeremiah. God knows the gifts that he gave Jeremiah. And some of you this morning, what you need to know is that you are known, and that he knows you inside and out, and that means that he knows your pain. He knows it hurts. He knows you're getting impatient. He knows you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, and he knows what he put in you. Have you ever been to maybe like a restaurant where you knew the owner, and so when you walk in the building, you kind of feel like you own the place. You know what I'm talking about? Normally in a restaurant, you kind of open the door and kind of, I don't know why I'm waddling, but you kind of walk in <laughs> and you think, table for two, please. Do y'all miss saying smoking or non-smoking? Y'all remember that? I sit, some, sometimes I'll say two, non-smoking, <laughs> just to throw them off. But, you know, you just kind of walk in. But what happens when you know the owner of a restaurant? You, Right? Like you're waiting for them to bow down to your demands, right? Because you know the owner. Or Have you ever gone for a job interview where you knew the boss? Or you knew somebody high up in the company? You walk in the door. You got to hop in your step. You know you can't do any wrong when you sit down. You got confidence in your voice. Why? Because you know someone who has the power to change the situation, don't you? God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, we are interconnected. You've had a personal encounter with me. You've had a personal experience with me. You walk into a room with your head held high and your chest out because you have a connection to the one who can do something about it. Don't ever, if you're a believer in Jesus, don't ever go into anything with your head down. Don't go into anything thinking, I'm going to fail at this. Don't go into anything thinking I'm defeated. You're not defeated. Because you know the one who has the power to change something. Before you were born, he looked at you and he said, I have created that one. That one in my image, with my characteristics, the way that I want them to be molded and shaped. He knows you. You can't. But he can when you see all that you're not, remember that he is. He has it, and he has you. So Jeremiah responds, and he says, Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for I'm too young. That's Jeremiah's I'm just too moment. Jeremiah says, I can't speak, I can't talk to these people, I can't give them this message that you gave me, I'm just, I'm too young, I'm 17 years old, God, I can't do this. God, I can't, I can't do this. I'm too old to be raising kids again. God, I can't do this. I'm, I have too many responsibilities to be in this season of life. God, I can't do this. I can't make them do anything. God, I can't do this. I can't endure this pain and another treatment. God, I can't do this. What is your I'm just too moment? Because the story is about to end with God assuring Jeremiah, I got your back. Jeremiah says, I'm just, I'm just too young. I'm too Young, he says, "O Sovereign Lord." Now, to us, that sounds like a pretty holy statement, right? Sounds like a, the way, if you're really religious, you begin a prayer. But what Jeremiah is saying here is, in in the Hebrew, that "O Sovereign Lord" would have would have meant something completely different from the way that we would hear it today. What Jeremiah is ultimately doing here with God is he's he's crying out in pain. And so when he says, oh, sovereign Lord, it's more of a, oh, God, I, I, I can't. I'm, 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 too, I'm too young, and I wonder, what are you crying out to God for today? And you've been saying that you can't, and he wants you to know that you can't. But he can. What is your I can't moment? Jeremiah says, God, I know you have a big task for me. I don't think I can do this, God. Can you pick somebody else? I don't think I have the strength, God. Can you pick somebody else? I don't. I don't have the ability. I, I, I'm, I'm too. am too young. And so he cries out. He cries out in, in in pain. God, let give it to somebody else. Have you ever asked for that? God, give it to somebody else. I can't do this. God, give it to somebody else. Jeremiah says, "Oh, Sovereign Lord, I'm." Um, I'm just too young. And, and understand why this is really difficult for, for Jeremiah to swallow because not only is, is he too young, but Jeremiah's father, Hilkiah, was a priest. His father before him was a priest. And so when, when God comes to Jeremiah here and says, hey, just kidding, wants want you to be a prophet. Jeremiah is almost taken by surprise. And isn't, isn't that sometimes the thing that That troubles us the most is is when something takes us by surprise. Like as long as you can see it coming, as long as you can see the financial debt building, right, then it's not so bad. But when it comes out of nowhere, when they abandon you out of nowhere, or when you get the the call back from the doctor out of nowhere, or, or, or when your husband tells you out of nowhere, I'm out of here, that's when it hurts the most, isn't it? So Jeremiah, he, he would have assumed, he would have been about to the age where he could have began his, some duties in the temple, but yet here at 17, after always thinking, I'm going to be a priest like my dad and like my grandfather, God speaks to him and he says, nope, just kidding, I want you to be a prophet. And so Jeremiah is crying out in pain because he's caught off guard. And for some of us today, one of the reasons why you sell yourself short in these situations is because of where you came from, isn't it? Jeremiah was dealing with his father being a priest and him having to be a prophet. For some of you, one of the reasons why you are so mired in the struggle that you're in is because you have disqualified yourself based on either your past or your family's past. And so when you go through something, you think, I can't do this. Look, look at where I came from. I can't be that. I can't make it through this season. I can't, I can't do what God's asked me to do. Look at, do, you, do. Do you know the family I came from? Do you know my past? Do you know the things that I've done? You can't, but he can. So Jeremiah, of course, gets a response from God. And in verse seven, it says, the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. Don't say I'm too young. And what I think God is telling Jeremiah And what I think he would tell us today, in the midst of our excuses, and in the midst of our pain, and in in the midst of our very real hesitations, and our very real pain, as we cry out to him and say, God, I can't do this. I'm just too—I think what God wants you to hear this morning, like he wanted Jeremiah to hear, God says, don't say I'm too young. In other words, God isn't saying that you're not right. He's just saying it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Sure. You may have been tired before this came about. And so now the situation you're in, it feels even heavier, doesn't it? And so you're crying out to God. You're, God, I can't take one more thing. God, I can't do this again. I have too much going on already. And God is saying, I, I know, but it's irrelevant. God, the, the, the fridge broke now. God, I already have to fix my car. The roof's already leaking. God, I can't take one more thing. And God's saying, I know. But it's irrelevant. God, everybody around me is depending on me. And now I'm like this. I can't do it. God says, I know but it's irrelevant. God, I'm scared. I don't, I don't know what to do. I've, ne- I've never been a father before. I've never been a mother before. I've never, had to be, I've never had to be this. And God's saying, I know, but it's irrelevant. And then God says in the very next verse, he says, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, am. Have spoken. And I'm going to end on that verse right there. Because I want you to know today that you must go. In spite of the pain, in spite of the questions, and in spite of the doubt, and in spite of the excuses you must go you must keep going you have to keep going you have to put one foot in the in front of the other even if your pace is slow you can't stop now you can't give up now there are too many people depending on you too much rides on this moment for you to give up on god and give up on yourself now you can't but he can you have to keep going putting one foot in front of the other, believing Him for the next step, trying to trust Him with the next step. You have to keep going. Don't leave that marriage now. Don't leave those kids now. Don't leave that place now. Keep going after God. Don't abandon Him yet. Don't quit coming to church yet. Don't quit seeking Him and praying even when it feels like your prayers are going nowhere and you haven't heard anything from Him in months. Keep going. You must go because He's turning you into something. He's doing something inside of you. He's chiseling away, and it hurts now, but he is positioning you for the place where you need to be and where you're going to be best. You must go. You must go. You can't give up on that relationship yet because you're going through some things together now so that later when the real problems come, you'll be ready, you must go. You have to go through this painful season now because God's teaching you what it's like to believe him even when you can't feel him. You must go. You must continue to struggle with, for those kids and pray for them and. And do what's best that you think is in the moment. You can't give up on them. You can't leave them. You can't just forget about it. You can't quit trying to raise godly kids. You must go even though you don't know what the next step is. You must go. And let's put that verse up there one more time because the end of that verse is the key to the whole thing. He says to Jeremiah, he says, for you must go wherever I send you and say, whatever I tell you. And then, and don't be afraid of the people for what? I will be with you and I will protect you. He's with you. He's protecting you. Even when you feel like you're not ready. Even when you say, I'm just too weak, I'm just too confused, I'm just too stupid, I'm just too ignored, he says, you must go, you can't quit now, but the key is, is that I will be with you. Jeremiah would go on to speak to the people. He's known as the weeping prophet because you know what? hate to break this to you. Nobody really really listened to him. So he would cry out on behalf of the people that he so desperately wanted to see turn from worshiping fake gods and turn back to God. He would cry out on, on their behalf. He was the weeping prophet, but you know what? One commentator I said, I read, said he should be known as the courageous prophet. Because even though it didn't seem like anybody was listening to him, it didn't seem like anything was changing. didn't seem like the bank account was growing. It didn't seem like the relationship was improving. It didn't seem like the addiction was getting any better. It didn't, it, 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 it didn't seem like they were getting any healthier. Jeremiah continued to go. Not in his own strength, but in the strength of the God who he had the personal encounter with just a few verses earlier. You must go for he's with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Some of you this morning, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you felt empty for a very, very long time. You've had this lack feeling in your, in your chest. And you've never had a personal encounter with God because you don't know his son, Jesus. See, there's only one way to get to God and that's through Jesus, his death and his resurrection so if you're in the room this morning you don't have a relationship with Jesus if you could just say this prayer in your head you can say it out loud it's not nothing magic it's just a confession say God I need you I can't do this on my own but I believe that you have resurrection power and today I accept that power through Jesus I believe he Lived a perfect life. I believe he died. I believe he rose, and I confess him right now as the boss, the Lord of my life. My life is no longer my own. Come, make me, make me whole. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. I've messed up so much. Thank you that you offer forgiveness. In Jesus' name with every head bowed and every eye still closed, if you're going through an I can't moment today, whether it's health, whether it's financial, whether it's situational, circumstantial, would you just lift up your hand? If you need a miracle, I want to pray for you but I also want you to do something for me for yourself really I won't know if you did it I won't check your homework I want you to go home and google Jeremiah 1 because it's hard to find in a bible google Jeremiah 1 and I want you to read those first nine verses every day this week and repeat over and over to yourself I can't but he can. I'm just two. He is more than enough. God, thank you for every honest person that just raised their hand. And God, for those that just couldn't quite do it because it's, it's weird to them. God, I get it. God, thank you for the stories of Springwell. The seeds' families restored. Addiction's broken. Dead things come back to life. God, I pray for those people that just raised their hand. I pray that we would have some some amazing stories to tell in six months or a year about what they just raised their hand about. God, thank you that you work in our lives and God, that you don't just take us and create us and then step away, but you mold us because you know the best place for us to be is the version of, of us that you want us to be. God, I pray over every I can't situation right now, Lord. I just pray that you provide wisdom. I pray that there would be, a, they would be in tune with your spirit to, to walk with you, to obey you. God, let us see more miracles, miracles that we can't manufacture, but miracles, miracles that that you do. God, thank you that you're still that God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.